get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly the second helping of Weekly Dish. We are hanging out today at Foxy Falafel post show. Um, I just lost half of my falafel in my green tahini dressing because I didn't use a fork. And so are you like a double dipper then? Oh yeah. Because you just went in with the fork but you didn't go in with your hands. I did go in with my hands. But you're eating with family, so right. I'm eating with you and Jake. Yeah, Jake, you're here. Say hi. You kind of need because you are part of the show, so you might as well, you know, stand up and be. Yeah, you always come in and do the Thanksgiving show, which you do the family show, which I appreciate. You know what I appreciated this year? Hmm. How many of the dishes your mom made that you didn't like, <laughs> <laughs> and how honest you were about it. Yeah, and I really was like, well, this wasn't really the best, yeah. and I just listened to it, and it made me laugh. Well, I mean, I think, I feel like you have to be, and this is actually a great idea and a topic because I think in the holidays we get, people get very sensitive, right? I mean, there's, there's traditions and there's things that people invest feelings into dishes, but that doesn't mean that that's always going to be somebody else's favorite dish, right? And people are tired. Because they're doing their jobs, they're doing the extra job of shopping, holiday programs, the baking, all the extra wrapping, the things that come with the holidays. So everybody feels a little crispy. And don't you think that when you, let's just pretend you've made your pierogies and these are your special, special pierogies and you, this is a thing that you do every year and you love them and you put them out and then you notice that maybe one of your little relatives, your niece, your nephew, whatever, isn't eating them and then they say, oh, you know, I don't like them that much and you take it as if your entire Christmas memory has just been blown apart. Ruined. Or I can one-up that, I think. The time that I would invite everyone to our house for Thanksgiving. And my husband likes to put the giblets, cut them up very small, and put them in the dressing. He also put apricots in the dressing one year. And not a year has gone by since that when we've had Thanksgiving, there's been like... You can do the Thanksgiving, but don't put the giblets or apricots or anything else funky in the dressing. That's my only request. Really? (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, well, if that's your only request, I have to think about whether I want you to come to my house or not. It is a weird thing because it is this thing where you're cooking for other people and it's their holiday too, right? I mean, like it's their moment and they have to... So I I try to respect that. I remember when you're our niece... um, came off and she's like well there's just a lot of pine nuts and everything and I was like oh really is there a lot of pine nuts and everything because there's maybe one dish or two dishes so then the next year she was like well are you going to put a lot of pine nuts and everything again and that's when I was like feel free to go to another restaurant that is not my house I have changed my tactic though and I after feeling bad because I think I did feel a little bad and it still comes up every year I'm just like stop this is oh yeah brunch here's bowl. our brunch bowl from Foxy Falafel a sandwich a little kofta 
Oh yeah, you Octa. got fries. Is that the Greek meatball or uh-huh. what's in there? Yeah. Yum. The lamb meatball. Yum, that looks real good. I need to have a little of this of this. And Stephanie's having a brunch bowl that looks like it's got some fried potatoes, some cauliflower. She's going to take a picture of it, which... Can I take a picture of it while we're recording? This will be the test. I think you can. I believe I can. It looks real delicious. Um, Anyway, so instead of just deciding that I'm going to keep trying to force a square peg into a round hole, I just kind of... Dumb down my recipes. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I just, I'm like, okay, don't put that in. I don't make funky things when I'm making a salad. I don't put funky things in. That when I say funky things, that's my sister's terminology. I was going to say that is nothing like. that no. you actually. There's no specific. No, it's, it's really just funky things. Is yeah. like don't add any goat cheese. Don't put any blue cheese crumbles. Put all that on the side. <clears throat> that so. is the, that is maybe the challenge of everybody's. <clears throat> and that's also why I think doing a um, like a like almost like a spread of small things yes. is so much easier. But that's why cocktail parties are always so successful. But it's hard to say like you're going to have a cocktail party for your family function, like for Christmas. You yeah, know what I mean, like that's a harder thing. I get that, but uh, that looks so good. It's like an egg onto with pickled onions on top. Yep. A little meat, a little potato. A little pork, some potato. There's a really lovely, bright sauce. And a little cauliflower. Yum. Yum. Do you Fox, want to hear? Foxy Falafel is a delicious place. They have beet falafel here, which is my favorite. And it's, you don't get it a lot of places. Uh-uh. It's a good place, too. We were talking about if you're vegan or you're gluten-free. Right. So, because that, that is a challenge as well. During this time of year, I think people, because you're trying to fit people's needs and everything else, and as restaurants are trying to fit people's needs, it is hard though. I can't imagine like, like going to a restaurant. We were talking about this on the show today. You almost know that you can talk to chefs, and they can, hand, you know, like you can talk to your server, and they're professionals, and they're going to handle it. But think of how hard it must be to go to someone's home and say, "Well, I don't eat dairy, so is, does this have dairy in it?" Like you have to question them. That's hard. My niece doesn't eat dairy; she's lactose intolerant. And at Thanksgiving, she was like, "Well." I think there's like one thing I can eat. She and she can take. Thank you. She can take those uh, lactose intolerance pills, so it's not a total sure. loss. But I did think about her when I'm making my twice baked potatoes, right? And thinking, oh, I won't put sour cream or right. I'll just do hers with butter and pull one out. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. Well, butter's still dairy. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah. Okay. You can't. So do that. how do you make a twice baked potato that's dairy free? Um, you could use some chicken stock. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Instead of it. And maybe uh, some bacon crumbles or something that yeah. gives it a little bit of taste. That's a good idea. Yeah. it's. But, I mean, I feel like it's so hard. I can see why it's hard. Like, you feel like you're asking for special privileges, and you feel like you're putting the cook out. Think of how often you don't want to just be like, you don't want to send stuff back. Right. So that because you feel like it's too much of a burden. Think of the poor Minnesotan who doesn't want to, like, talk to their husband's aunt who they all of a sudden go to that thing you know that Christmas or something every year I don't know maybe that's the thing we should come up with a way to say because here's the other thing for the older generations if you bring your own food they're going to feel mad you know what I mean like they're going to feel one of the way you get around that is when you're going to someone's house you always bring a dish that you know you can eat right but what if this is like a full set meal like my aunt Terry, we used to go on Christmas Eve. That was the oyster stew, and she and this was when I was a kid. 
But she would have, you know, everything was planned and it was all perfectly done in the way she wanted. And that's, I respect that, of course, because that's how I feel. But there was no, I mean, like, I can't imagine being like, hey, I brought this dish. She would just be like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> right. Because it's not polite to just right. waste your dish on someone's table. Right. So then I think, but what would I, what would you do? Like, if you were, you know. I, would, I think, like, the polite thing is to notify your hostess in advance if you can. Just say, hey, I have this thing. Yeah. I would like to bring a dish to contribute so that I don't make you have to go out of your way. Is that okay? Yeah, it's true. But then, you know, and that's the other thing. It's here's, And I know a lot of people do the thing where they eat first. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of got to eat before you go somewhere. That seems awful. It does. It seems like sadness. But for a lot of people... But, I mean, honestly, Stephanie Meyer's done that a bunch. I've seen her do that where... She's going to a function, and she knows there's not going to be anything for there for her to eat. So instead of making a deal about it, she just eats her own food before she goes. And then she takes whatever she can, you know, whatever parts of whatever she can on a plate. And maybe, but then also is very, what I also like about it is there's, Minnesota has that weird thing where we have to apologize. We all have to apologize to each other like 50 times before anything. I'm so sorry, but I have, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and I just think what she's, what she's really taught me is she just says, this is my deal. And don't worry about me. Take your mind off it. Everything's great. I'm super happy. And she engages in conversation. She refuses to let it become the defining factor of the moment. But when you know she's coming, Stephanie Meyer, do you, like, think, oh, she's paleo. I have to have something that she can eat. Um, well, I do. But, like, you know, because a lot of my friends are gluten-free. So, for me, it's no problem. I don't even mind. Um, and we don't eat a lot of bread at home anyway. We, um... My mom and I were talking about that because we made it for the super solstice. We both had, we both brought huge loaves of bread for everyone to dip with in their soups. And afterwards, we were kind of like, well, what are we going to do with all the rest of this? Because we just don't eat it that much. But, Make croutons. Yeah. And then roast the chicken and but, put the croutons underneath the chicken so it soaks up all the deliciousness. That's a good idea. That's exactly what I do with leftover bread like do that. Do you really? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by make croutons? What does that mean? Well, I cut it into, like, squares, and then I freeze it until I'm ready to do it. And then I bake the croutons in the oven, which is, I toss them with butter, bake them a little bit, and then I use them as the base for the roast chicken. Huh. And then what do you do with it? Do you eat eat them? Yeah. It's like all the fat of the chicken soaks into the croutons, and it's delicious. I've never done that. It's an old recipe from that Zuni cookbook that was popular in San Francisco. Yeah. I love Zuni Cafe. That was huge. Interesting. I never thought about that. With, but I don't, I mean, yeah, I guess leftover that's bread. That's I, I just end up, I used to just throw leftover bread outside. Oh, for, that's kind of cute for, for your birds. birds. Yeah. Also meatballs. I don't throw meatballs outside. But you could <laughs> use the leftover bread for the meatballs. To make, like, breadcrumbs? Yeah. Saying? Don't you ever put bread in meatballs? No. Really? Mm-mm. Nope. It's in almost every meatball recipe. It's like the binder. Parmesan cheese is my binder. (laughs) (laughs) This is so funny because Jake's looking at me like, yeah, there's no bread in our meatballs. There's meat in our meatballs. I've never even heard of that before. Yeah. Seriously? No. Oh, my gosh. You put the milk on top of the bread and it makes like Like bread? Like actual slices of bread? Yes. Usually they specify white bread. 
I don't. Well, see, you know what? I don't know if I've ever looked at an actual recipe for a meatball because it's That's hilarious. Just meat and a meatball. What was? And it? if you put water in it, then it doesn't get as like thick. Like it has a lovely little. Because the water binds to the fat, so it makes it it holds it in a place so that it's lighter. Okay, who puts water in their meatballs? That's funny. Rocco Despirito. Oh, I did used to like him. I know. He was great. He was the one, he showed, I mean, like, I watched some show when he was on it, and he put water in his meatballs, and I was like, oh, duh. What was funny about this conversation is last week's podcast, something came up where I was doing something that I had no idea not everybody did. Yep, you're and right. this is your moment, because uh-huh. everybody, I think, puts bread in meatballs. It's, like, in every single recipe. It's probably true. I mean, I'm not denying it. I'm just saying that that's funny. And it's not necessary. I mean, you can, but they're just, they're a little, people put potatoes in meatballs, too. Have you ever done that? No. It actually makes them lighter. Or ricotta is really good in meatballs, too. Well, that's cheese, right? I mean, that's how, yeah, we end up putting parm. I think it's mostly because, I get it, and meatballs and meatloaf are, they're, technically they were supposed to be, they're traditionally dishes that help stretch you know, a small amount of meat and then putting the bread or putting the breadcrumbs. I mean, I know it. I just don't have, I've never done it. It's not like I didn't know it. But it's, um, I just never put bread. I've heard of breadcrumbs. I just never heard of actual bread. It's kind of like, you know how you put bread in meatloaf? Breadcrumbs only ever. Never bread. Oh, yeah. Like that difference? Like you actually put bread in meatloaf too? Like slices of bread? I cut it into chunks and then I put the milk on it and it gets kind of like mudgy and then you just mix it in. Yeah. That is so foreign to me. I will say my favorite meatball recipe is the New York Times ricotta meatballs that they serve with the tomato sauce. Oh. The meatballs are so light and fluffy and just incredible. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I'm down for that. You used to make meatballs when Jake was little, like, all the time. Do you still make meatballs all the time? Not as often, but... Nope. Like, when you do, it's just just meat. Meat. Um, well, we don't eat meatballs, like, with pasta either. No. We just eat meatballs. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we do pesto meatballs. Remember I made those chicken and turkey meatballs last time? Oh, yeah. Those were good. But that one you for sure can't put bread in. I think because it's too dry. I feel like You need Jake, more fat in those. I feel like, Jake, you were like Ellie. When she was little, my mom said that she smelled like pesto 24-7. That's probably true. She would just laugh. She was like, your kid always smells like pesto. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. What's wrong with smelling like yeah. pesto? I don't. I don't find anything wrong with it. Do you want this pork? So, as we get into the new year, are you doing any dieting, restricting, clean January? Are you really asking me that question? Seriously? Well, I know you're probably not, but are you? No. No, I mean, I change up. I don't diet. I mean, I change up in terms of I maybe start to add more vegetables back in because, you know, the... I don't mind having the indulgence of the holidays and being a little bit more richly focused, a little bit more celebratory, mm-hmm. you know. But things like this where we eat, you know, I try to balance meals out so that I'm doing, you know, like I've been eating salads every day at work instead of like going to the pot belly or something like that. What's your go-to salad? Do you bring it from home? No, I don't make salads. I don't bring salads because I don't. That's that's a construction that's not worth my time when someone else can do it. I do, if I was going to eat it at home, I would make it at home. Right. But do you go to one of the salad places in the Skyway? I do, and I go to I go to we go to Green in the Grain because it's in our building. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't mind that one. That one is fine, and a lot of people love that one. But for me, crisp and green is the best. Oh, it's isn't just that it? I love that place. Yeah, and it's because they don't. It doesn't feel like they pre-chew your salads. Like that's my problem with these salad concepts is they chop them all. And they chop everything in these tiny bits, and you're basically feeling like they already somebody just already chewed your salad. <laughs> Is that for what you. you mean by they don't pre-chew yeah. your salad? Yeah, because it feels like it. Because if you put a if you put a forkful of of these tiny tiny chopped salads, you're not really getting any flavor of anything. It's all a big melange, right? Which is already like you've already right. chewed it. Uh, the thing about green in the grain is like I can get a chickpea, I can get an entire slice of avocado, and find that all bite together, and not all chopped. Right. Yeah. Not like it's a minuscule like sliver of chickpea. When you go to Crispin Green, do you get the flavored waters? That's like the highlight of my trip. Yeah, your agua fresca, you love oh, those. Oh, I do, and they have like the wintry ones now, like the pomegranate and cucumber, oh, really? and I'm okay with them. I'm not. I'm not. You know, but yeah, we do have. I mean, I know that we have the healthy food. I mean, January is basically healthy food month, and there's, but I don't, I mean, I'm never, I can say that I, as long as I'm in the job that I am in, I can't do like a whole 30, and I can't do a complete elimination thing. I can't cut right. things out completely. Well, this will be good news for you then when I tell you I'm not doing anything crazier than I already do this year. Well, there you go. I'm going to still do That's magic. my fasting two mm-hmm. days a week, which is not fasting. I usually eat 500 calories on those days, but I, I've been a little looser with that because of all the holiday eating Mm -hmm. and all the events. But so I'm going to get back to that. But other than that, I'm just going to keep exercising, keep eating my whole foods. I'm not going to dry January. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm just going to be more like, you're going to do a dry January. You're not. No. Okay, good. That doesn't sound very fun. It doesn't. I'm going to do a stuff march this year. I'm going to just... Just relax and, and sort of change. All you have to do is adjust. Be moderate. Yeah. It's the flow, man. Like, the flow churns and churns one way, and then it churns another, and you just sort of let it go. I do feel like there's a lot of people that'll be trying to deal with the 5 or 10 pounds they gain during the holiday season. You know, a lot of people are looking at these keto diets... Yeah, did you see Maria has a new book out? She does. Keto Instant Pot. And I like the idea behind keto dieting or eating keto, which is basically natural, high-fat, processed, or unprocessed Unprocessed, yeah. My issue, though, is, like, you have to, like, do a thermometer or something to figure out when you're in ketosis. That's just too much for me. Yeah. Yeah, in ketosis is the status where your body is just burning the weight, I think. I think, like, it's burning all the fat. The fats as yeah. calories. I don't even know. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. But it's kind of, uh, to me, it's sort of one of those, I mean, I have a friend who's doing it, and he's... People he's, lose a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, you can, I guess. It just seems like it's, it is a lot. And you do have to then really manage everything you eat, you right. know? It's and not I'm like not you can like that. go on and go off and go on and go That's off. That's why the fasting for me, if it's like two days a week, I can look at my schedule and figure out, okay, I don't have dinners these nights. I'm just going to eat broth for lunch and then a reasonably decent dinner with just meats and vegetables. Yeah. And I end up just feeling great. Yeah. I actually, the last couple of times, because I've only been able to do it one day a week, I've actually fasted an entire day. Yeah. I can't tell you how great I feel it'll work out the next day. It's like I have twice as much energy. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm not saying you're not. I just... I can't even understand that. There's days that I accidentally fast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's days where I come home and I'm like, 
oh, I forgot to eat today, you know, because of work or whatever. Right. But I can't possibly imagine, you know, sort of like. I know. it's. But weird. I don't feel, even on those days, I don't feel any difference. Uh-uh. Like, and I don't feel different if I forget to eat and then only have like an apple or then go to bed. Right. There's no, I don't wake up the next day being like, wow, I feel amazing. Oh. So I don't know. I mean, like that's it's that's what I, that's what's working for you. My God, do it! But I, to me, it seems like so bizarre. And maybe it's all mental. Like it's possible, you know. Right. Well, but maybe it, you. Yeah, you've decided that you will feel better, and so you do. Uh huh. Are you going to change up your exercise routine at all? Or I mean, I always goals? try. No, I mean I'm just running more. But you know, winter is the hardest part because that's when I want to run more. And yeah, it's, it's always colder. It depends on what January is going to be like. If we're going to have it super snowy and slipperier, uh, that's because I, mean, I am an outdoor runner. I'm not an inside runner. No, me I can't neither. do it inside. I can't do treadmills. I can't really do, you know. Tr- oh God, don't ever do a track. You know, running in circles like that on a track is the worst thing for your knees you could possibly have. Really? Oh God, yeah. Because you're always you're beating yourself down, and even if you're not ever you're turning in the same direction over and over and over again and your knee adjusts and it just is not a good idea i can see that do you have any other resolutions this year uh not yet what i don't do really make, make resolutions i don't really do them that's the thing because i think it's weird that we all sit here in december and january and say all these things and then by february no one will even remember what was your resolutions last year can you name them i always have food resolutions so it's like I'm going to perfect the apple pie. And that wasn't this year's resolution, though I did perfect the apple pie. I'm here to tell you that class I took was very helpful, and I've made some pies, and they've been outstanding. That's good. Um, I'm really focused on New Year's Eve and my meal, because I don't have my plan yet, and it's just going to be me and Kurt. And I really want to do something special or out of the box. Because otherwise I feel like it won't feel like a special, it'll just feel like another night of cooking. Yeah. So I'm kind of focused on that right now. So you're not thinking resolutions? No, but I'm going to have a food resolution. I just don't know what it is yet. It might actually be making a duck. Yeah. Why not? Never done it. No, I've done a couple things that I've never done before, just within this last cooking season. You always do. You're good about that. I just don't have any... I guess I don't have any fear because I feel like whatever happens, it's still usually pretty edible. You know what I mean? Like, and nobody judges me. Nobody's, nobody's like, you, you know. You deboned the whole turkey. I didn't debone the whole turkey, but I did spatchcock it and then boned the legs. And that looks hard. I, I mean, the harder actual part is boning the, would be boning the breasts and the wings and right. stuff. But I did... I did do that roulade with the turkey legs, and I that I just don't think I'll do again. Quite honestly, I would do I do it with a chicken. It's easier with a chicken to do a ballotine, you know, which is kind of a rolled, which is you kind of take all the, you kind of debone it and then you roll it. Why wouldn't you do it with the turkey? Because there's all those weird little bones. Yeah, mm-hmm. what are those called? Well, they call them feather. Some people call them feather bones. And some people call them. There was another thing. There was another name, like a technical name, but. You know the kind like when you're eating the turkey leg at the fair? Yeah. And it kind of all of a sudden there's like this big, you know, long, skinny... Yucky thing. ...thing in the way. That's what those are. But the hard part was that I just was disappointed that the food and wine... I think it was food and wine, I should say that. But it was just that the the article that I was using in print didn't have all the 
didn't have all the information. It didn't talk about the feather bones at all. And the pictures that they had looked perfect. There's no chance that they did that without having to t- deal with those bones. Right, right. I actually think I might write a letter about that. Because that seems very strange to me that they did that. Which makes me worried. If that's the case, then that makes me worried that they have not hired or maybe they've gotten rid of their actual recipe testers. testers. Yeah. And that's a possibility because as we're rolling forward with print being such a, you know, a tough vehicle to keep running. Your magazines this month, uh, the food magazines were real thin. For the December? For the, uh-huh. or Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't remember. Yeah, the two that I picked up for the two January. Oh, those were December ones that I have in my car. Yeah. yeah they're kind of thin, which makes me nervous. I yeah. don't want any more food magazines to go out. It's always so sad when they do. I know. I know, and that is the case, and it's weird. And I subscribe specifically so that they uh, they are supported. Like yeah. I, it's not like we do, we talk about it online and we talk about it on the air, but I specifically give them cash so that they I will continue. Too. I subscribe to that. I subscribe to yours. I want journalism to continue. Yeah, let's talk about that. Just like 2019, we're gonna have a whole show about predictions. I think next week yeah. and trends and. Is there anything that you're excited about next year? Like any openings or? I mean, I'm excited about that PS Steakhouse. Yeah, in you Groveland, are. Five Ten Groveland, just because I have such fond feelings about that building, and I'm glad that somebody's taking that on again. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know though. I'm I'm kind of in a weird space. I'm not excited about. Like I'm. It's not that I'm not excited. There's just nothing that's making me like. Oh my God, this is going to be. Epic. Yeah, I, I don't know. But again, this and happened- last year we had so many things. Maybe it's just like a year of getting a chance to revisit everything because there were so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. Well, I don't know if there was. <laughs> I don't know if there was. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the year's openings. I feel like this year was a lot of little openings. We didn't see too many huge epic openings. In Bloom opened. Um, Hyacinth opened. I'm going to just Kalita. Go down the list. Um, I mean, there's a time. Popovu Central opened. Yeah. Yep. I think that that is something that we're going to see, actually. And I think that Ann Kim's Taco Shop, which is coming next, which is going to be more than a taco shop. Is going to be a little bit interesting, and where's it going to be? Do you know Lucia's? Oh, okay. she's revamping the old Lucia space, so that's what that's going to feel like. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be great. I think we're going to see more Mexican type food as I like we move. That. One of the best trends that I think, and that's it's you know kind of preempt our trend show, but is the the surge of soul food places that are opening. Yeah, I can't wait to let's do a segment on that. Yeah, there are well, a I have a piece spots. coming out in February. Okay. All right, so that means we'll get a chance to talk about it. Yeah. Well, so as we wrap up, yeah, the second helpings, we want to say happy holidays. If this shows up, if this shows up on a Wednesday, we're thinking that maybe you've already had your. That would be Christmas Day. <laughs> it's ten years that we've been doing oh, this. Oh God, so crazy. Um, If you get a chance, please rate the podcast. When you do a rating, it increases the chances that other people will find it. So we appreciate that. Um, We hope that you have a happy holidays with your friends, that you're safe, that you're warm. Always send us pictures. I love Mm -hmm. when people, like, send us pictures or recipe cards of things they're cooking. Yeah. We try to get back to all of you. We feel like we're pretty accessible. But if you haven't heard from us and it's been over a week, send us another note. Right. That's the way that works. Yeah. And we will see you guys in the new year. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.